Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters, all about copywriting. Today we're trying something new. We thought you would love to hear from a regular, normal copywriter, not a high-flying superstar with a book and a mastermind course like Belinda Weaver, but rather a working copywriter who's going through exactly what you're going through right now. So we are chatting today with Kylie Saunder. She's a Melbourne-based copywriter who, according to her website, provides top quality, affordable copy to small and medium businesses. Kylie has been a student of both my Recipe for SEO Success course and Belinda's Copywriting Masterclass, and she's also a member of my Clever Copywriting community. So we're excited to be chatting to her today about how she got started, the challenges, where she finds work, how she juggles projects, and so much more. So if you want to get some insight from a real copywriter, today's episode is for you. Hello, my name's Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the recipe for SEO success. And with me is my lovely co-host, Belinda Weaver. Hello there. My name's Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass. But I don't have a book, Kate. Oh, That's no, you, don't. honey. That's me. Okay, cool. <laughs> we will have a book soon, though. We keep threatening it. The Hot Copy Podcast book is coming to you soon. There, I put it out there. We have to do it now, Belinda. Um, um, okay. <laughs> another thing on your plate. Um, though, so that before we get into today's interview, we start the show with a question that delves into our inner being. Today, Belinda, I'm keen to know what time of the day you write your best copy. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Well, I'd say the short answer is in the morning. Like if I have stuff to do, if it has to be creative, if it has to be good, it has to happen in the morning. But I wouldn't actually have called myself an early bird because I really do hate getting out of bed um, or a night owl because I love going to bed really, really early. But I'm sure you're not surprised because you already know me as a nana. <laughs> but yeah, what about you? I think you're an early bird. Oh, Belinda, you're our resident nana, Agatha Christie-loving nana. Is it Agatha Christie or Midsummer Night Murders? I can never oh, remember. Oh, Midsummer, Agatha Christie. You name Death it. Death in Murder Paradise. I'm into it. <laughs> Such a geek. Love it. I love them all too, so I don't know why I'm calling you a geek, because I am one too. Yeah, I, I am an early bird in terms of work copy. So, like, if I'm writing for clients, you know, that first bit of the day when I've got my coffee is when I kind of produce you know, really good, well, really good, that sounds a bit arrogant, when I produce my best copywriting work. But I've found lately that after I've done a day of work and it's maybe like six o'clock and I'm having a little glass of wine, often I write little sort of Facebook updates or little thoughts. And obviously because of the glass of wine, as Mr. Hemingway said, I think, write drunk, edit sober. Because of the glass of wine, the writing flows and it's a lot more me and conversational and then I kind of leave it and then in the morning I edit it or sometimes I post it straight away and then edit the typos out for the next week but yeah it's different types so I think my creative stuff is often later on in the day so that's there I'm waffling anyway you don't want to know anything about this we want to get into the interview so let's introduce Kylie Saunder hello Kylie lovely to meet you hi Kate lovely to be here thank you well of course we've already met so I don't know how <laughs> Obviously, I'm having a bad day. Never, never on a podcast, though. <laughs> no, 
No, good lord. Um, so Kylie lives in Melbourne and she's a freelance SEO copywriter with eight years under her belt. She has a Bachelor of Arts and she jumped into the corporate world of HR and marketing and she's worked for companies such as Amcar and Motorola. Having her father die gave Kylie the wake-up call that life is too short to be doing something you're not enjoying. Leaving the corporate world, Kylie studied fitness, yoga and Pilates and over a 10-year period, she owned several personal training and Pilates studios around Melbourne. But then after selling her Pilates studio, she helped fit fitness professionals market their businesses and then fell into the fabulous world of freelance copywriting. So that's a bit of a journey. Um, wow. So tell us a little bit more about that in your own words, Kylie. So... Yeah, I, it was a roundabout way to become a copywriter. So I think a lot of people fall into it and I've I've never been one of these people that have always, always loved writing. I love reading but I, I haven't had a huge passion to write a best-selling novel or anything like that. So I'm quite normal in that respect, I think. I have done fiction writing courses Um that's not for me though. So I realized I was good at writing and I wanted to make money working from home and that's why I'm in this job. And I know you post a lot of pictures of guide dogs, training dogs. What do you do with that? What do I do? So for the last four years, I've been a volunteer for Seeing Eye Dogs Australia. So they're um, part of Vision Australia. I'm a crazy dog lady from way, way back and just love having dogs around. So it's my way of training dogs from eight weeks old till they're about 13 months old. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It also gets me away from the laptop and out of the house every day because I've got things I need to do with them and take them to the shops and go out on little training sessions. So yeah, it's good fun. I wanted to find out more about that because I know, because I see all your pictures and Kate and I obviously have our dogs. So you're in good company with the crazy dog lady stuff. Yeah. And quite ironically, there's a crazy dog going crazy in my back garden. <laughs> but I don't think you can hear that. I actually had him set up to bark during that section, which I thought was very clever of me. Very well tried. <laughs> that is good. I mean, I think it's also good to have such a, you know, another strong dimension to your life. That sounds odd but what I mean by that is as you said you know it's very easy to get sucked in to having your own business and just spend all your time doing it so the fact that you have got that those dogs to look after means you do get up you do do other things um I think uh you know sure. I could do and that. walking walking is a way if I'm stuck with any copy it's like okay let's go for another walk yeah, yeah. all my all my good ideas come when I'm walking my dog yeah, maybe there's sure. something in there. go yeah. and hug a dog if you need some creativity today yeah. <laughs> so let's get right back to the beginning. We talked a little bit about this in the intro, but, you know, so you've said that you, you, you were interested in other types of writing, but, you know, you felt that maybe feature writing and novel writing wasn't for you. But, you know, it's not a natural thing to go from being a Pilates instructor to being a copywriter. No, so no, it's not. how smooth that transition? So I've always written those. So in my corporate jobs I was always the one that they said hey can you polish this up so I've always I was the spelling bee nerd at school and I always knew no that doesn't sound right no let, let's just switch this around and do it like that so when I was helping um, people market their businesses that they'd, they'd come to me and say oh, I'm getting a website set up can you just look over this copy for me I'd end up rewriting it and then as a result of that I thought mm, this is quite interesting because you can actually charge some good money for it I enjoyed doing it and that's how 
Um, at a networking function a few years ago, one of my colleagues introduced me to somebody and she said, oh, Kylie's a um, freelance copywriter. And I, I stood there and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. So that's when I started calling myself a copywriter. Even though I'd been doing it for a few years, I never put that label on myself. That's so funny. We were, Belinda and I were interviewed for a podcast um, yesterday and we were talking about that whole thing of when do you officially allow yourself to be called a copywriter? When do you introduce yourself as such? And uh, it, it's an interesting point because I think even though a lot of people don't know what copywriter is, we know what it is and giving ourselves that label can be quite a step. Um, once you've done it, I feel I think you feel a lot more confident yeah, about yourself. Yeah, it's a huge step. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is that when you you went, okay, I'm going to do my website and I'm going to be a copywriter now? Was that the one moment that you said, this is what, this is who I am? I think also, I think a lot of the time, I mean, for madmen, you think copywriters, you know, they're in massive agencies and they sit around all day having whiskey and go out for lunch. That's a perception still sometimes about copywriters. So working from home off your laptop with Uggs and tracky dacks on, sometimes I think we, we, under, we underestimate the value of what we actually offer our clients sometimes. Just because we work from home in track pants doesn't mean that we deliver you know, shoddy work. We can actually deliver better work than, you know, people employed sometimes. Yeah, I that's, that's such a good point. Yeah, I still, I still try the whiskey every now and then, just, just to see if it helps. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I think that was changing a little bit, though. So I think, you know, I think there is sort of a, still a bit of an elitism about agency copywriters that they're somehow better, probably because they work on larger brands and they win the big awards. But um, you know. I think a lot of those agency copywriters envy the freelancers sitting at home in their Uggs. So, uh, yeah, interesting. So you, you decided to become a copywriter. You had that sort of trigger moment. And then, then what happened? How did you start like getting into like, you know, building your website and marketing what? yourself? Yeah. So marketing myself was all word of mouth to start with. And I really focused on building up my LinkedIn page and my Twitter page. So this was, you know, seven, eight years ago now. So I, I really focused on Twitter because I enjoyed it. And I made a lot of friends through Twitter and colleagues. So I met Belinda originally through Twitter and then we met in real life in Melbourne. Um, I've met some really amazing people all around Australia on Twitter, but I really focused on those two platforms. I'm on Facebook mainly for the private communities. I don't like Facebook for a business tool. And I think that's another point when you're a copywriter, if you don't have to go onto every social media platform because because that's what you think you should do. I don't like Facebook, but I'm on it for my business. I don't have a business page. I don't have um, I don't have a lead magnet on my website. I don't do e-newsletters. And I decided last year I'd take all that off. And now, um, last year was one of the best years I've ever had. So that just, yeah, I just went with my gut and go, you know, what's going to work best for my business? That's, That's interesting. really interesting. Oh, Jinx, you were both really interested by that. <laughs> yeah, you know, that you've taken away all your marketing. You don't have a lead mark magnet. You, you're not, you know. So how the heck are you getting work then? Well, it's it's referrals. It's through being um, in copywriting groups. It's through actually getting out face-to-face -face networking. So I, I go to some regular meetups in Melbourne. Through that, I've... 
I've got a um a partnership with a with an SEO agency and I'm getting quite a lot of content writing work through that. But that's that's never I never go to networking events with a okay, I have to make this many contacts and get this lead and do that. It's all just been organic and it's through face-to-face connections and people understanding getting friendships with people as well and just nurturing relationships. But I've never gone with the intention of, I really want to work with this agency and I want to do this because that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you're doing something that might be seen as completely not wrong, but kind of bucking the trends of regular advice. But I also love that what you're doing is building relationships and partnerships because I like that's where I got a lot of my early jobs. And I think people can get so caught up in writing the lead magnet and getting their blog going which can still be really effective, but they ignore the face-to-face meetups and they ignore the relationship building because it, it's a bit hard. It's a bit hard to put yourself out there. And I think all of us on the call are introverts, even though we might not seem it. So getting out there and meeting strangers, it's hard work. It's quite tiring, but obviously it's worth doing. But I, my other, the reason I took the lead magnet off is I thought, if a client, you know, if a plumbing business wants to have copywriting done for their website, why does he want to download a PDF on five ways to write your website better or whatever it is? He doesn't want that. He wants me to do it for him. So the only people that were signing up to my list were other copywriters to see what I was doing. And that's fine, but that's that's why I thought, no, this isn't actually getting business in. Yeah, that's yeah. very good. And I just want to make a little point there as well, which I thought was something interesting to pick up on there. It's something that, again, Belinda mentioned here just yesterday, how a lot of your work, and I know this, <laughs> comes through other copywriters. So it's actually not just relationships you've built with agencies and small businesses and networking, but you really got out of your way to build relationships with other copywriters as For well. For sure, and, and that's it. And that's also the thing where I, even when I was in the fitness business, I never saw businesses you know, three doors up from me as threats or competition. I always know that there's enough business to go around. People will come to me for specific reasons and they'll go to Kate or Belinda for other reasons. Um, you know, and I've got girlfriends who are copywriters and we regularly bounce ideas off each other and we're, we're little buddy mentors with each other. If one of us is having a you know, a, a day where the brain's not working, we'll email each other and say, hey, do you mind having a quick look at this before I send it to the client? So setting up those friendships without thinking, oh, my gosh, they're, gonna, they're going to get that job and I'm not going to get it. Um, yeah, I've never thought that because that, that's not good mentally either. Like you're just going to give yourself a whole lot of heartache. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. agree. I agree too. We go with this green. Um, I think we're, we're going slightly off track with our interview, but I don't think that matters because there's something else I just want to say before Belinda asks the next uh, official question. And I think one thing that really helps with the making friends with other copywriters is to be quite clear on what you're good at, what your niche is. So, for example, in our little community, Kylie, that you're a member of, you know, there are people in there that have been very open about the fact that I like doing videos, that's my favourite thing to do, or I like doing annual reports, weirdos, or I like doing award submissions. And yes, they do other things, but it means when you get that job that comes in for an annual report and you don't do them, then you know that there's someone else that can do that work for you, that you could pass that referral on to. And then I think that helps as well. So, you know, you know, just do you think that's do you think that's true? Do you think that's helped you? I mean, you I think you cover a lot of different types of copywriting. Yeah, but- I I do cover all different niches, and I also 
Um, the copywriters who do refer work to me also know the areas that, that I work really well in. So there's a copywriter in Melbourne who refers work to me and she knows I like the woo-woo stuff. So if she gets anything like that and she can't do it, she'll flick it to me. And, and also just to address referral fees, I don't see referral fees as a bad thing. I count it as a cost of goods sold and it's a no-brainer for me to, to pay a referral fee to another copywriter. So I think that's also a good thing. Some copywriters and uh, you know agencies don't expect referral fees, but if it's a big job, I'll send them a really nice gift. Yeah, I think that's true. We actually had a discussion about that in the group, didn't we? Yes. Um, so for people who don't know what we're talking about, often when you pass jobs on to other copywriters, you say, hey, here's the job, and it'd be great if you could give me a 10% kickback or a 15% kickback. That's usually the average. And then you charge the client, but you give 10% of it back to the copywriter as a thank you uh, and as an acknowledgement that it, their marketing and their word of mouth and their relationships won them that client. And really, you didn't have to do anything. You just got the job. Uh, some people do it through gifts, but I, I, I tend to prefer giving people hold card cold hard cash um so yeah that's interesting anyway i'm belinda i'm sorry i took us off track get us back no on i think it was very valuable track that we just went down so um <laughs> you, you you alluded to the thing that i wanted to ask about next which was about challenges so you've been a copywriter for eight years now and I'd like to know what have been the big challenges you face, not only when you're starting out, but as you've kept going. So give us three, three top challenges. So the top one would be feast or famine of clients. So the first few years of copywriting, I had an idea that December, January would be lean, but I hadn't realised how hard it would be. And, you know, I didn't, didn't end up eating two-minute noodles, but... It was hard, hard, hard. So what, I, what I've learned from that is that um, I need to know how much money I need to have come in and how much I need to have in all my business accounts to feel secure. So the second challenge I had was comparing myself to others. Um, and I think that's one of the perils of being on social media. So looking at, oh my gosh, look how many clients they say they have. Look at how much money they're making. And that, that really messed with my head for a year or so until I realised looking at what others are doing is, is just a waste of energy and also time. And I looked at my neighbour over the fence and I thought my gosh she's hanging her washing out like that and she's doing this and she's doing that and and I started laughing because I thought well that's me getting worried about the way she's hanging her washing out is as ridiculous as me worrying about what the copywriter up the road or in the next suburbs doing how much she says she's making it's just it doesn't matter so that's how I got over that I love that, watching someone else hang their washing because probably <laughs> she probably was doing it wrong. It's like watching someone stack a dishwasher. What are you doing? What I, love, doing? <laughs> I love that you use that to help you run your own race, as we often say. Yes, yeah. And the third challenge was, um, you know, the first year or so really, really focused on, you know, keeping the butt in the chair, getting the work done, crunching it out. And, the you know, the physical health went off the track. 
off the track, which meant mental health goes downhill. So now um, exercise every single day is a priority for me. Even when I don't feel like it, I'll get out of bed, go for a little runs, stretch, and that's my start to the day. So the lesson I learned from that was I had to create space in my schedule to exercise and I had to eat well and get away from my desk, which is one of the reasons why I do the seeing eye dog volunteering because it makes me get away from the desk. I can't sit here for six hours in a row because, he, you know, he'll need to go out, toilet. He needs to be socialised, trained. So, yeah. That's really good. That last one is one that I'm still failing to achieve. But, hey, I'll get there one day. Um, okay, so those are the challenges. Um, and I think on top of let's talk about tactics now. So we've talked about some of the ways that you, you know, built up uh, your business. But what do you think were the three most um, successful decisions or things you tried to make your business work? Yeah, so the top one um, we spoke about previously was a face-to-face connections of actually getting out there. I'm introverted. The first few networking functions I went to were awful. I just wanted to run home and vomit. So um, <laughs> just actually putting putting the shoes on, putting lipstick on and saying, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen tonight is that you've missed your favourite reality show. But what if you... That's yeah, but That's what great. if you did meet one person who down the track refers somebody to you? And that's what happened at one of the first networking events I went to is I met somebody um, and we're, we're now, you know, partners in, in crime and she's amazing and we're really good friends from that one meeting. So the other thing, um, the tactic, well, it's not a tactic, I suppose it's a big decision is, I look at what others are doing, I never judge it, and I just keep them up the eyes on my own race. So I've got clarity around my why, why I'm a freelance copywriter. And for me, it's a lifestyle job. I can work from home. I don't need to sit at my desk at nine o'clock. I know that Mondays, Monday mornings, I don't usually get to my desk till 11 or 11.30. That's my easing into the week. And I have little things that I do Monday mornings. You know, a few nights during the week, I might work till seven or eight o'clock, depending on what work I have to get done. But I also know that I only want to work from home. So some copywriters love co-working or sitting in coffee shops. That's not for me. So working out where you'd like to work and if if being around other people is important is, is a good idea. And also getting back to them how much money I need to earn and how much money do I want to earn. So, you know, I've got mortgage, petrol, I've got everyday living expenses. My husband has a corporate job, but I still need to contribute to the budget. And that's how I know that each month I need to have this much money coming in. But then there's also stuff like, you know, holiday every year or what sort of clothes would I like? So I know all that. And the other thing that I really focus on is looking at cortiside feelings. Here comes the woo-woo. Daniel Laporte talks about cortiside feelings to set your, your life and business goals instead of typical goals. So I've never sat down and said, I need 10 clients for websites, you know, in the next three months at this much per website. That's never, ever worked for me. So um, it, it never worked for me in the fitness business either. It just doesn't fit with my personality or something. And I put myself under so much pressure 
to get those clients in, like a feeling of desperation would come over me. So, yeah. I love yeah, that. I, I love think- those. Go on, you go, Kate. I was just going to say, I think there's, there's an article I'm actually writing at the moment, which is about uh, the clash of the whys, the clash of the titans, is, is, you know, but it's basically sometimes I think people have clashy whys. So that what I mean by that is one of their whys is that they want to be have a lifestyle job and they want to be able to pick their kids up and they want to, you know, walk the dog and do all those nice things. But then they also want to earn big money. Uh, and sometimes those two things aren't mutually compatible, you know, and so you really do have to think about the financials, but also the desires. I'm not a particularly woo-woo person, but, you know, it's important to know your woo as well as your why, I guess. Yeah, well, that's the meme, Kate. Okay. <laughs> know your woo okay. as well as your why. <laughs> but one thing um, I noticed, Kylie, is that from all the things that have made you successful or at least feel successful, um, I noticed that there are things where you've gone, actually, I'm getting back to how I work and what works for me, not everyone else. So you realize that face-to-face connections work and you realize that working from home for you works for you and you realize that taking the lead magnet off the website works for you. So all these kind of things going back to not what well, not the advice that everyone else is giving you to do. It's understanding yeah. and seeing what works for you. I really like that. It, it's, yeah, it's also testing it. It's like, you know, if somebody says have green smoothies for every meal for two weeks and you only want to have a green smoothie once a week, why go ahead and do it? It's like, well, what if that's not working for you, stop doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, think I think that's great advice, great advice. Um, now, you've done both our courses, Kate's um, and you're in Kate's community and you've done my course. Now, we don't want to toot our own horns, so we're going to ask you to toot our horns for us. <laughs> no, <Definitely>. but <laughs> what, we, what we'd love to know is what made you decide to take them? Because um, we obviously knew you well before the co- that you took our courses and, and have they actually benefited your business doing those kind of things? God, I hope she says yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, this could backfire yeah. horribly. <laughs> so I, I did Kate's recipe for SEO success course a few years ago because I was getting more and more website projects coming in and I knew that I needed to get my head around the weird and wonderful wor- world of SEO because I think it's, I think it's, I call it the boy community out there with SEO where it can be really hard to understand. But I knew from another couple of copywriters that if you do this course, you know, it'll be really easy to understand. So that's why I did it. And it was recommended by one of my girlfriends who did it a year before I did it. And I'd also been hanging around Kate online a bit and stalking her and checking her out and I liked her style and she was down to earth and fun. So, um, yeah, that's why I did that course. And I love it. I love the fact that it's updated all the time and, uh, yeah, it's it's an amazing course. Yay! Yay! now. Belinda, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> so I did Belinda's course last year also because... I heard from other copywriters who'd done it that it's just so well organised, really process driven. And one of the, the chipping points for me for signing up for her course was I'd be, I worked nearly every weekend last year on client work. And I realised one of the reasons I did that, apart from being busy, I was wasting so much time, you know, the faffing around, sitting there looking at the brief, wondering where to go. And I knew what I had to do, but I just didn't have a process or 
or actual templates or anything like that to, to get it out of my head onto the page. So it's been really, really helpful. So the clear processes and her really supportive community and the fact that you can do your homework and get it assessed and, yeah, it, it's just really lovely. So, yeah. Oh, nice answer, Kylie. <laughs> Honestly, even, even, even I quite fancy doing Belinda's course because I often feel that even though I've been doing this for a long time, I'm actually not sure that I actually know how to write copy. <laughs> So, you know, it's often the reassurance as well. Even if some of the stuff you're reading through, you're going, yep, yeah, I knew that. Great. I was right. You know, that, that can be pretty well worth its weight in gold. Anyway, we'll finish the tooting section and we'll move on to talk about a few highs and lows. We're going to do this kind of quick fire style. So tell us about your proudest moment so far as a copywriter. So it was last year I was working with a, a startup podcast and mentoring. Um, she's, a, she's a woman in Melbourne and she, she was referred to me by somebody I met in the fitness industry actually who's, it's a long story but it just shows you connections do pay off. So he referred me to her she had a really big concept for what she wanted and now it, it was an interesting project because it was a lot of phone coaching as well. I'd never done that before. So she doesn't really like writing, but I, I got it out of her head onto the page by having a half hour Skype call with her every week. And that's how we got the content done. And she's really, really intelligent and would come back with amazing feedback. So it's just great to have a client like that. That's awesome. And now let's yeah. flip it over. Let's tell us about your worst client. We don't want to delve into the, the awful gory details, but we've all got one. We've all got one. Oh, the first draft for um, a jewellery business and um, she got back to me within five minutes of receiving it by email and basically said to me, if I didn't refund the non-refundable deposit, she'd take me to Consumer Affairs call a current affair and threaten to put reviews <laughs> wow. everywhere because it was the worst copy she's ever seen and and I sat there and I didn't know whether to laugh or cry and I thought Ouch. oh wow that's that's really interesting so I showed it to a girlfriend who's a copywriter and I said what do you think like honestly of this first draft this is her brief this is the draft because I just needed to know and she said no that's actually really good I go, oh, okay. I said, look, she's threatening all this stuff. I can't be bothered arguing over. It was a small website. I think it was like maybe $600 and I just gave it back to her. You just have to choose your battles and I didn't want to battle that one. Yeah, Good result. Yeah. <laughs> okay, give us your number one tip for dealing with isolation. I and mean, we all know it's a big issue for copywriters. What's your one tip for combating this? Okay, so... Networking online, um, but also so not so much, you know, the normal Facebook. But if you're in a supportive Facebook community like Clever Copywriting School or Belinda's, there's a whole lot of other great communities. Freelance Jungle, Beck Lambert is very, very supportive in that. So that's a really, really good one. Um, one. But also I've got girlfriends and support systems where if I'm having a bad day, we'll email each other, check in on each other, and also picking up the phone and calling each other and going, you, you know, you were sick last week, how are you feeling this week? Yeah. Yeah, I, and also that's where knowing other copywriters can also really help as well because we all get it. Yeah. Yes, um, sure. So what would be your advice to someone who's thinking about becoming a copywriter or maybe just starting out? What's your, what's your big tip to them? 
Oh, so I keep going back to community that you don't have to do this by yourself and there are people there that can support and guide you. Also start slowly. So you don't have to have a whiz bang website all worked out on day one. Even if you just get a homepage with contact details, just get it up there. Um, niching, you won't really know what industry you really like until you start writing. So just get some experience, get some projects under your belt. And also some of the best paying work that I have at the moment, it, it's, it looks like the most boring topics in the world, but it's well paying because it's not highly competitive with keywords and all, you know, all that sort of stuff. So um, I think it's a miss sometimes, you know, that the Instagram shots of the laptop on the, you know, at the beach and, and leading the copywriter life and, and, you know, writing a novel on the side and a screenplay and all this sort of stuff. Um, you won't get That's excited. That's your life, Kate, describing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not every job you're going to go, oh, my gosh, this is so motivating to, to you know, to write about this. Yeah, I so agree. It's absolutely not my life. Can I just say? I <laughs> uh, do you hear where I was very silent then. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think there's a big, there's almost a podcast in that the reality versus the perception because a lot of it is sitting in front of a computer writing copy for insurance companies that is boring as all hell, but it pays the bills and there's not a hammock in sight. Anyway, but Kylie, that was so interesting. Thank you very much for sharing Thanks your Thanks for having me. I, I think probably the thing that stood out for me there was um, how much you, you, you've worked on your relationships and your networking and, and you know, I, I'm super impressed that you got rid of your lead magnet. I actually think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for joining thank us. You. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, Kylie. Thank Can you. I just say that... The the thing that really stood out for me was um, how in tune you are with how, how you work and how you've adapted your business to that. So I think that's a great food for thought, everyone. Food for thought. Food for thought. So thank you, Kylie. We thank will you. include links to all Kylie's various bits and bobs. Uh, you can go to her site and not sign up for her lead magnet. Uh, we'll include all those in the show notes so you can find out a little bit more about Kylie. Um, but we are done. That's the end of the show. To wrap up, Kylie, one last quick question. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm an afternoon gal. So usually from one o'clock to about six o'clock is my best writing time. Okay, so we need like an early bird, a midday something, magpie, yep. and a night owl. <laughs> Back in the trends. Once again, Kylie, to the oh, end. No. Please, just black or white, please. <laughs> All right. Regular listeners will know that at this time in the show, we read out a review. And today we're giving a shout out to Kiwi Stuffire from New Zealand, who gave us a review on iTunes. And they say, I discovered this podcast a couple of weeks back and I'm really enjoying listening back through previous issues. Freelance copywriting can be a solitary lifestyle and it's really useful to hear how other writers make their business work. Thanks, Kate and Belinda, for great information. Thank you, Kiwi Starfire. Thank you, Kiwi Starfire. Oh, Belinda, stop interrupting. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. You've just ruined my little flow. And thank <laughs> you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a five-star review or rating on iTunes and Stitcher. Your review will help others find us and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. Tell us if you're an early bird, a midday magpie or a night owl. So that's it. Thanks, Belinda. 
Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kylie. Thank you. Until next time, happy writing. So you're still listening? Great. Because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. We'll also try not to ask each other's questions. Which yes, we'll sort that out. But you know what? Let's just roll with it if we do. We rolled with it last time. It was smooth and professional. Kind of. As smooth and professional as we get. As we get. <laughs>